0: simple really great stories with a good cup of tea it's the tea with mike show please welcome to today's episode of the tea with mike show maxwell uh, Levan, a record producer recording artist and a youtuber and also if i'm not mistaken a magician welcome to tea with mike maxwell thank you for having me bro how you doing good man how's your day been
1: pretty good pretty good pretty chill
0: late late night in the recording studio last night
1: yeah well well usually i spend like all night in the studio but last night it was manageable i spent a couple hours in like the evening early night and i came home i was able to relax and it was nice
0: how many hours a week do you do you think you spend in the in,
1: in the studio i'd say at least 12 14 hours but i'm also i i try to not go until i'm ready to actually record stuff like if there's an idea I have, I want to produce something out a little bit first, you know, build the instrumental and then go to the studio and record the vocals because like I have a lot of resources here at my house too, so if I can do some home studio stuff and not have to leave my, you know, pajamas, that's always <laughs> ideal. But then if I want the, to go okay.
0: to do it for real, yeah, I go to the studio. Nice, There's like two modes: does the experimental phase in the pajamas and then the like it's time to record exactly. the EP, which we're obviously gonna get into later
1: of course yeah and it's it's honestly an underrated thing like i i don't know how many musicians listen but i definitely will record a demo like demo vocals like nothing final just the idea the melody the lyrics at home and listen to that for a week in my car and bump it around and then if it's worth recording for real then i go do it but there's probably there's dozens of songs that never made it to the second stage because i just realized that it's not everything i thought it was so i think that's important
0: but, but, but to your point, you have to have that experimental phase, you know, like you like 99, a 1000, whatever that number is, because there might be that one thing that just like clicks, you know, like, like it gives a little oh, fire. Yeah. You don't know what it can really <laughs> into, yeah. right?
1: Dude, of course, I, the, the, I, for about a year, close to a year and a half, I put out music all the time. As soon as I finished the song, I put it out because I just wanted the whole world to hear it. And now... You can't find those anywhere on the internet because I just realized it was an impulse decision and I hated them and stuff. And so now I sit on music for months and I run it by like a team of people, you know, and it's like a it's a, a thicker process. It's not just me anymore, which I think helps the quality
0: stay where it is. So can you tell us a little, a little bit about where you grew up and where you now call home?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I still live in the, the house that I grew up in, which is really cool. Um, it's in Virginia, just Southeast Virginia. So there's, there's not a ton going on, but it's also not like a little small town. Like, there's plenty of stuff. I, I still, it's not gonna like know everybody in the city. You know, some people know everybody in their town. I don't, um, I know a lot of people, but I, there's a mall. There's, you know, a couple cool things, a couple tourist attractions. Like it's nothing huge and I can't wait to get out. I've been looking at New York city, like LA, maybe somewhere in Tampa just a, a different a big city because i feel like that's where i would thrive but no it was really cool it's been really it's been really chill here i think that's what i needed though in a sense because being that guy like who does like you mentioned like magic and youtube and all the things i'm very i put myself out there a lot and not a lot of people around here do that which i think has helped me out because like i'm kind of a, a big fish in a small pool Versus in LA, everybody's trying to be a creator and an influencer and trying to make it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be special at all. So I think it's kind of cool that, especially even at my high school, with like a couple thousand kids, I was like that magic kid or, you know, that one guy that was doing what I was doing. And so I think that's been a confidence boost for me.
0: And now I feel like I'd be fine if I went out to New York or something. Let's talk about that for a couple of seconds. So, de- so describe kind of your like, per- like personality as a kid like because you some of your kind of strengths maybe even some of your weaknesses because you just mentioned that you needed that confidence boost so dive a little like deeper into that for me on why you think you need needed the small town setting before you go on and to do great things as we're going to get to
1: um i think i i was never the the kid that was the that student line and did everything everybody else was doing like i wasn't not in in sense of like being a rebel and like trying to go against the grain, but I definitely was. I could tell I was different from like a very young age. I was just everything. I don't know. I just didn't do. I didn't do that. Whatever he was doing, because I I think even since I was in elementary school, I just didn't really like mob mentality about things. Like I wanted to be an independent thinker, and do my own thing and find the best way to do it. And sometimes the shortcut or the most efficient way to you know get something done and i've always been entrepreneur too even in middle school and i i'll give you an exclusive i've never told anybody this before like on an interview but i used to (laughs) i've always loved like making money and being entrepreneur and passive income like that's always been something that's exciting to me and so i went to a catholic school right i went to a catholic school as a kid which is a just a small private school and You had to wear a uniform like the whole nine yards it was it was was crazy so um if your parents like went and helped volunteer at the school they would give you like an out of uniform pass so you give they sign it and you give it to them and you give it to them one day and you don't have to wear a uniform that day and my parents had a lot of friends who volunteered but didn't have kids and so they would give my parents all the passes so we had a big bag of the out of uniform passes like more passes than the word days in the school year so I I figured, hey, five bucks a pass, I'm going to sell these to people. And so I would just sell the passes to people. You know, one, I'd do a package deal for, you know, 10, whatever it give <laughs> them out. Oh, I love this. I made a lot of money. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. And, so was,
1: and then I also would just sell candy and all this stuff, kind of on the black market and school bathrooms and stuff. and, and so you were that kid I that they talked about to... in
0: YouTube videos.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it, was, it I've, I've just always loved that.
0: When I was in school, I always thrived best in like the uh, like the theater and uh, the, the more the like the creative stuff, and that felt like my safe space to like express uh, who I am. So I always gone into. I wasn't a bad kid in school. As it literally sounds a little bit like you. Um, but like I used to get into trouble because I'd be sitting in a science class and all I'd want to do is like talk to the person right next to me because I'm 100 percent extrovert. Just were forever telling me to like be quiet, like and, and do this. So <laughs> it I didn't know it at the time, but I guess kind of makes sense why I have a podcast now because it's my own like like channel and platform to express my thoughts with and connections with, like, people that I'm meeting around the world and what what I'm doing. They will never, ever teach that in school. So I always felt like I went through school, like, kind of underappreciated and kind of undervalued because the the school system, in a lot of ways, like, wasn't for me. Like, I'd have loved to have done drama and production, like, 100% of the time. And I also did okay in, like, IT classes and stuff because that's a little bit more creative. It's a little bit different setting. But any of the traditional light like, science of the math, I was pretty average average at same,
1: same. I was mentally checked out of most of my classes. And I did for a while i was I had that kind of class clown thing going on too, where I was just doing whatever to to get a laugh, to entertain the class. And I think it paid off. Cause I made a lot of friends and I became semi-popular in my school of three hundred kids. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't really impressive. But again, I was the kind of the big fish in the small pool there versus small pond i don't think it's a pool a small pond but then <laughs> in public school like I, I was getting the laughs in private school and i was you know causing trouble whatever and i was you know the cool i don't know I, I don't think there was any cool kids there in the little tiny private school but then i go into public school for high school which is a first which is a big those are two big things to happen at one time like public school and high school all together nobody cared i went back to to Crown level. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody cared. And I had kind of been making YouTube videos a little bit here and there, but I started talking to the camera every day and making vlogs and stuff that, by the way, nobody watched and nobody cared about, but I, I felt like they cared. And I talked to the camera in a way as if I had a million subscribers and everybody cared, which uh, it seems it seemed a little weird to like my friends back then. But now I think it was essential because I learned how to talk to literally nobody so then when I'm out with people I can keep a conversation going forever and I can you know do things and that's when I started doing magic was in public school when I started uh, I think sophomore year I started doing card tricks and that you know made me become like known as the magic kid and I was freaking out the whole cafeteria every day and I don't know I've just always yeah I've always kind of just wanted to stand out not even in a way not even just for like my own benefit but just like there's not enough fun stuff going on in the world like i just feel like there's just not enough and i'm something i'm willing to literally just be free entertainment for people and so i just i i loved it and class was not always the top of my list and it's, it's so funny because we would i mentioned like being a class clown and stuff and that kind of stopped in high school because does, that doesn't really fly in high school you can't just like mess around all the time and stay in school but i figured out that if i did a card trick I could do that silently in the middle of the class and just do something across the class to somebody flash a card and freak them out or do it to the substitute teacher or whatever. And so when my mom would come in for the the conferences of school, um, my grades maybe wouldn't be the best, right? The teacher would be like, um, well, your son's very good at card tricks. However, <laughs> and it was really funny because because they, they weren't going to discount that I was entertainment for the class, but at the end of the day... I had to focus on school, and I barely graduated school. So my advice is, is don't spend your whole uh, high school career doing card tricks.
0: So obviously, I understand when you're growing up, you're definitely thriving in creative environments, a lot of stuff outside of the kind of uh, traditional uh, class, classroom sense. So one of the things I believe that you did was played the piano growing up, but you didn't actually ever take any formal Lessons. So tell us a little bit about how you discovered uh, this talent for hearing a song on the, kind of the radio, uh, remembering what it was, and then like playing it on the piano.
1: You're good, bro. I, I I took one lesson one time ever, right? And it was like my dad's friend who played the piano, and he wanted to teach me because my dad went all out, right? He bought us two pianos. He whatever whatever I needed like musically, you know I was able to have because I feel like that's important for anybody if your kid is musically inclined or wants to try it you got to provide whatever they want right and so I was playing the piano and I was kind of I've always had well I have perfect pitch right so I was able to like hear a note whatever note kind of how to play it on the piano or how to sing a song back to you in the same key that you sang it to me last week like it's just I don't know I can't it's hard to explain but it's like a mental thing that I can't turn on or off which drives me crazy because if a truck beeps outside i'm like oh that's the you know a flat but (laughs) i think that it's it's really annoying it was it was um, was cool but yeah but i i was i was kind of able to piece together or to put my fingers on how to play the notes and then uh the guy came over to give me a lesson and i just really wasn't feeling i wasn't really vibing with it and i was like this is i don't want to do homework for my you know for one of my passions like if if as soon as it becomes work as soon as you you know get to that point where it's like okay now you got to do this you have to learn this in order to do I was like I'm out I'm never going to go around telling people I'm a piano player and like I'm the best ever but like on a track I can play some chords I can play some stuff like nothing complex but I yeah I just I and also I've always I've always gone for the practical route like I I don't really believe in like for no reason just learning more than i need to about something unless like it's something I, I care about right i'm not gonna just like you said learn all the general math science everything like extra if i'm never gonna use it so if i'm not gonna go be a concert pianist i'm not gonna you know, spend my whole childhood and teenage years learning how to play super well from really not but oh. practically i know how to find the key i know how to play the chords or a popular song if somebody's like oh play this song i go play this song but it doesn't really go farther than that
0: that's a fascinating way to look at it sounds like very in tune from an early age on like what you were good at and like maybe not necessarily knowing what it would turn into but knowing like well, picking out all the best bits from lots of different experiences to start developing yeah, your toolkit even though you probably didn't know what a toolkit was at, a, at, at that age and it's, it's probably like helping you de- develop from a professional standpoint as we're going to get to it in a little yeah. bit from where you are currently
1: absolutely yeah there's pictures of me there's pictures of me playing the piano standing up and i'm wearing like elton john glasses and a fedora and i have like a magic wand <laughs> in my hand and i'm just like doing everything and it wasn't stage. it was just that's how i would walk around and for every sort of little kid everybody's like oh you're a man of many talents and i just kind of whatever didn't really take it to heart i didn't really know what it meant but like it's a big compliment now people say you're multi-talented because by 18 you usually stick to a couple things and that's what i'm trying to kind of do now like i don't want to be a a master of nothing i want to i want to kind of lock in on a few things and uh you didn't mention it because i don't really do it anymore but i used to do boxing too i I was a boxer for like two almost three years okay and and i I would go to the gym, I would go to the boxing gym. Like I was going to have a couple of fights and it just kind of felt through. It didn't really work out. But that's one of the things that I realized maybe this isn't my thing. Man. And that's a good good cardio. It's a good workout every now and then to go hit the bag. But I'm not, I don't see myself putting in enough time or dedication to like go fight somebody and do a big, because that's just, I could spend my time and energy on other things. Also, I don't want to get hit in the face every day. That's a big thing too
0: fascinated to know like where do you get your kind of like your your focus from focus
1: well I, so i graduated high school this year uh in june and i'm not going to college i i, I didn't take that route and i don't have a, a plan b you know what I, mean? I don't have like a backup plan and because I, I i believe honestly if you have a backup plan that's kind of giving yourself permission to fail at your first plan because no matter what you're like even if Music doesn't work out, or even if this doesn't work out, I know I'm getting a degree in this and I know I'll be fine either way. Like it's whatever. Like, no, if this is my passion, then I'm gonna figure out how to make it work. So that's really where my focus and drive drive comes from, is because I don't want to let stuff slip away. And even the little bit that I've been exposed to already, of like what you know this feels like if if you do well or you know, make a lot of money or whatever it is, like I don't want to let go of it now. So I think it's <clears throat> I think going from wanting something really bad to then having it and not wanting to lose it is very important. Like I think I'm so focused because I have gotten a little taste, and so now I'm like, well, I love this and I want this to be my life. I don't want to let it go. And so every decision I make, even if if it's am I gonna stay late tonight or wake up, you know early tomorrow? what am I gonna do? Like every decision comes back around to like shaping my future. and for the most part, obviously. But, like, shape my future and, and, and where where this is going to help me out or if it's not going to help me out. You know? Because if I stay up all night and I'm just partying or hanging out, whatever, that means I can't go to the studio that night. I'm sleeping all day the next day, and I don't go to the studio midday, so that's not going to... And then I have to drop the song by then, so I got to... Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in my in my mind before I make a decision, which I think is a little bit of OCD, and it's probably unnecessary, but No, I just, I just am focused and I've had to make a lot of sacrifices in order to stay focused. You know what I mean? And, and it's, so now I'm like, you know, neck deep. I'm like, I'm not going to back out at this point. Might as well, might as well try it. Right. Even if for 10 years, I tried this 10 years, like a decade of work goes into this stuff and it ends up not working out. I'm 28. So what? I'll just go get a job, but that's not the plan. It's 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 not the goal.
0: I like your way of thinking, right I'm very impressed. Talk to me about some of uh, your favorite types of music, like what kind of what you like to play for fun, what you listen to, all of that type of thing. What's on the Maxwell radio playlist?
1: So what I listen to is very very different than what I put out most of the time. Um, well, I don't know. I started off when I was little. I would listen to pretty much whatever my mom was playing you know she she loved Jimi hendrix she loved you know a lot of like rock and all kinds of stuff she still does this she used to pick me up from from my little private catholic school blasting metallica and i was like (laughs) oh that's my mom she's here let me go (laughs) (laughs) which is yeah which is my mom's amazing but i got into billy joel elton john like those guys and just the classics because my dad you know loved them was obsessed with them and stuff and so I kind of learned how to play some of their songs on the piano. And then I believe for my 10th birthday, I don't know, 10th or 12th birthday, maybe, uh, I got tickets to go see Elton John. And so we went to go see him, and that was the first show I'd ever been to, like, which is a pretty cool first show to Definitely. see Elton John, which is, uh, um, and we we're close. Like, it was, it was good seating. It was amazing. It was uh, surreal. I watched that. And that's kind of where my, my thriving, well, my desire for music started because I was like, that is that guy's job. And he's been doing this, singing the same songs pretty much for years and years and people still sell out stadiums, to go see him. like I want to be to that point. I don't know how I'm going to be there, but someday, even if it wasn't music, like I've always loved the spotlight. I think is what it boils down to. Like <laughs> I don't know it might be a little bit of an ego thing but also just i don't know i love being in the spotlight but people in the spotlight contribute like that's the thing i don't love the spotlight just because i want it like people in the spotlight are putting on a show for you and they're doing something so i i have loved that part of it too and then i saw billy joel the next year which is which is crazy that was my second concert i've ever been to and Ooh. now I, I literally went to a rock concert last week like i just i'm obsessed with this music's literally my life which is crazy but the music I listen to it varies depending on the mood. Obviously, I have way very different playlists. You know, I love Machine Gun, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Mod Sun, like Young Blood, all those guys. Just the kind of the pop punk, they're kind of bringing it back, and I love that. But also the sad songs, like everybody does. Charlie Puth, though, I gotta shout out Charlie Puth and Juice World are two of my favorite music- musicians of all time. Juice World, his abilities were crazy. Even if you don't like his music, like people have to appreciate like what he did and his ability to just go in there and make, you know, an hour long freestyle just off the top. And Charlie Puth, he produced all this stuff by himself and he still does. Like this made me the whole album in his bedroom pretty much alone and it wasn't the top of the charts. And that's really inspiring. So I I love the music and also the stories behind the musicians, which I think is underappreciated like get to know your favorite artists like you know i mean i feel like people should get to know their favorite artists and they'll appreciate them even more
0: nice and obviously you know i like storytelling i have the uh, cough 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 podcast so background and stuff and people connection and all of that good stuff yeah so i definitely yeah align with you on the importance of storytelling and so that's why some of my favorite musicians are storytelling based so it's probably not a surprise to you knowing that that I like people like Ed Sheeran and yeah, I've listened to some of Charlie Puth's music in the, well, quite a while ago now in Italy but I did I did vibe with some of his stuff and yeah just like any music that really gets emotional and tells like stories and really gets like to, to the core of who we are is uh, uh p- people definitely not a rock and roll yeah. fan but you never you never right. know in, t- yeah. in 10 years i'll be uh, i'll be 36 i could be a I could be a rock and roll geek who knows yeah it's cool
1: that you bring up uh, ed sheeran because i was just watching his songwriter documentary on apple music or uh, apple tv the other day which i've watched it, like five times but every time i watch that immediately afterwards i go to the studio for like four or five hours because uh it, it's a documentary and it basically just shows his whole songwriting process and how he makes his album and him going to the studio and flying overseas to record stuff and piece it together. And it's just really inspiring. And it shows like how no matter what the artist is or what the music is like or how popular they are, like at some point it's just you and the microphone and that doesn't change. And I feel like that's really a cool thing. Like you don't have to be in Abbey Road in England, you know, recording stuff. Like you can just be in your bedroom. And I don't know, I feel like I see him because you're doing the same thing he does. And it's, I don't know, it's really inspiring.
0: Did you know that I'm originally from England?
1: Oh, that's really cool.
0: But yeah, I haven't been to every world. This is the only reason why I'm bringing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: dope. Okay, so uh, the tea fact for the episode is the first book devoted specifically to tea was published in China in AD 780, written by a renowned author and tea connoisseur, uh, Lu Yu. Uh, the book was written specifically at the request of tea merchants, and it was called The Cha the Ching. And it, apparently that's a tea tea book, and that comes from teahow.com, 100 facts about tea. I've said it before, but I'll keep saying it because it's true. Like It's fascinating what you can learn about any subject, whether that's music, whether whether that's in my tea if you really like have that curiosity and that that sense to want to know more it's amazing what's out there beyond like page one of google like
1: (laughs) oh absolutely that's why anybody that asks me like i want to be a youtuber but like i don't have anything to make youtube videos about i'm like whatever you're passionate about even if it's rock collecting like anything you can think of there's at least a million other people that are obsessed with it just as much as you that you have an audience with like it doesn't have to be most popular things like literally yeah you can you can be a t youtuber and try teas every day and do this and that and i guarantee your videos would do you know they still do well like it's it's crazy the internet's crazy
0: another component again but yeah i think people forget that sometimes because the mainstream media likes to highlight certain types of things they like to highlight i'm not saying that this is this is wrong necessarily because they have learned how to hack the system but like you like to feature oh, it's Logan paul again or it's yeah uh, yeah exactly or, or what or it's the kardashians or it's well, whatever it might like, may be but uh, you do you do forget that there are like you say there's so many more more people than than just the people watching logan paul videos or the kardashians yeah
1: stuff, yeah there's a lot kind of more thing, people right? out there than we really
0: so apart from the piano, like, do you play any other instruments?
1: I, I hate saying that I play instruments because I I do, but at the end of the day, I'm a producer, so it kind of is just a melting pot of everything. Like I play a lot of the instruments you hear on my tracks. Like I pretty I produce most of my uh, so yeah. I mean I can get by on drums. I play a little bit of bass. I don't really play guitar. I want to learn because I kind of feel dumb on stage just with the microphone, even though that's okay. Like most people, if you see a band, like the, the lead singer also is playing guitar or something like, I feel like that'd be cool. I want, I kind of want to embrace that and do a little more with that. So I'm learning how to play guitar, but I, I mean, oh, I have a trumpet in my closet. I learned, I played trumpet like a uh, fish fluently. I played for two years in middle school. But if you're, if you recall, I don't read music, so I don't know how to, what's going on. Right. But I have this pitch thing going on. So I'm in fourth grade, right? And I, I, they, <laughs> this is so funny. So they came around the school. The band was like recruiting people. And so they came around the school pushing a cart and had all the instruments on it. <laughs> and they were like, somebody, please just try it out. If you like it, just come, come play it for us in the band. So everybody was blowing in the trumpet and the saxophone. And I was playing the violin. I was trying to figure out literally like in the cafeteria during lunch, they came in. And I can't make this up. They came in with the cart in there and I had to wipe the grease off my hands. And I was like playing the violin. I was like, it's cool, but then play trumpet. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. So that year for Christmas, I got a trumpet. And I was, I remember so distinctly I was building a Lego set. While I was building a Lego set, I was watching a video on how to play the trumpet. And after I was done with the Lego set, I played the trumpet and it sounded perfect. And so I did that and we had our our Christmas show that year. So I just got my trumpet and I was like excited. Cause I had one at that school that I played, but then I had my own. It was really cool. And we get to the night of the show. I know how to play all the songs already. Like it's already in my, in my data bank. So I'm good to go. Curtains are about to open. And they're like a couple pages short on sheet music. Like they don't have enough for everybody. So I gave somebody mine show starts in like two minutes. Right. So I give somebody else mine and the band director was like, well, what about you? Like you need to play it too. I was like, um, I don't read the music anyways. I just play it by ear. Like, I don't need the sheet music. And her jaw dropped. she didn't know what was going on. She was freaking out. She thought I was going to mess up. And we played the concert, and it was fine. But I think it's, it was so funny that uh-huh. I literally had to pretend for, like, two years to be paying attention to the music, even though it drove me crazy, and I I didn't even read That's
0: such a special skill, man. <laughs> Let's dive a little deeper. So, so tell us a little bit more about how you go from learning how to like play the piano on your own chord to how you kind of become a a record producer and a recording artist and kind of what have you learned about yourself as you've been going along this journey?
1: I'd say two years ago now no not even not even so March of 2020.
0: So the pandemic kind of begins
1: yeah so basically right before the pandemic started we were in school and Every every few days, we'd go to the school in the school library, like in the back, they had a room that had a, a piano in it and like a little snowball microphone, like really bad quality, but just for I guess that's some production class there or whatever. I I never took it, but we'd go back there and we'd get special access. Me and a couple of friends would go back there and we'd we'd make songs, like we'd make beats back there on the little keyboard and we'd record you know our vocals on top of them, and that was the the best music we'd ever heard in our lives was the stuff we made in the studio right because it was just we made it and i and i to me back then literally this is so crazy it was a year ago because like i was totally different person. the idea that i could have an idea in my head and then an hour later be listening to it on the speakers with my voice like was just really cool and i just fell in love with that and then I, i made a couple songs that unfortunately did pretty well that because of how bad they were, right? I recorded in the school library cool. on the microphones, and I became the laughing stock. Luckily, though, pandemic happened. Well, not okay, not luckily, but luckily for the sake of my reputation at school, we didn't have to go back to school ever again, right? Pandemic was terrible, and I wish it didn't happen. But I was I was not forced to live with that anymore. So I was like, okay, I have time. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna dial in. And I, I really embraced it. I was like, if I'm going to make music and these this many people are going to listen to it because how bad it is, imagine if I make good music, how many people listen to it. And so I really did. And I just kind of, I got a computer. I got Logic uh, on my computer and just started going crazy and just making music and figuring out how. And I took Charlie Puth's production class. He, he did a master class. I took his, his class on how to make, uh, you know, I think music production and engineering was the class. I took it, and it helped me out a lot, and I've just, ever since then, I've been making stuff, and even, but, like, that's a little, that's a year and a half, maybe, so the evolution is still, we're still not, like, all the way up, so even stuff that three months ago I put out that sounded really good, and I was like, okay, we're definitely doing better than before, like, you know, I still, I make fun of that now, so I'm curious to see, like, me in a year, two or five years, like, where I'm going to be at, because, it's been an exponential thing. But I think that's really just been the culmination of my whole life where this has kind of been my thing that I didn't realize it or I you know, I've been kind of honing those skills throughout the years and now that they're coming all together, it's it's obviously gonna be a pretty fast rise in skill.
0: You know? Yeah, so similar for me in the sense that like when I was growing up, like uh, I was always in the school productions and I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to make it to Broadway, but I was never ever gonna get there because like, I just don't have that like that natural vocal ability which I fundamentally think you need in order to go beyond to 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 rise all the all the way to the top. And I just didn't right. have that, and I guess that's just a fact of life. And then I switched into. At technical theater, you know, behind the scenes, the lighting, the sound, all of that sort mm. of stuff. Did that for a while, enjoyed it. Had some really amazing experiences. And then took a job to that I didn't really like for a bit. And then I was like, oh, no, not vibing with this at the moment. And so then I went back into like a media and communications diploma. And then 98% of the course was a waste of time, if I'm being honest with you. But that 2% was a class. I interviewed some people and talked to people in this like communications theory class. But, and and I would never have guessed at that point that it, it would evolve into like an actual like podcast and all the way to yeah. like nearly 150 episodes and all the other data and cool like accomplishments that like that, that, that comes with it. So you, you just never know where it's going to go.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think people should never discount uh, a talent they feel like they have, you know, because uh, you have to I mean, I'd say take everything with a grain of salt, though. Um, I think Gary V was talking about this on when he was on your show. He said uh, he doesn't, and really, and I've admired this about him. This kind of he taught me this a long time ago. Like, don't listen too much to the noise in either way. Like, even if it's really good or really bad, like, don't take any of it to to your head, really, because that's gonna knock you off your track. Because if you get caught up in the highs, then nobody's gonna like you, and you're just gonna become arrogant. But if you get caught in the lows, you're gonna beat yourself up, and you're not gonna really be able to give your fullest. So. I think just kind of be aware of what people think of you, but don't let it control anything
0: about well, what think. It. Just keep it simple, you know, Keep, just keep creating and like keep doing what you've been doing. And then obviously sometimes it gets tough and you get burnt out and you need to have a little mental reset, which... It's going to happen at some stages. You're like, why am I doing this? Because you, you could go for months and months. I'm talking a little bit about my own journey. And you're like, you, you don't see any progress.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I listened to what people said about me for five years, when I was trying to get my footing, I, I would have taken it to heart and I wouldn't have ever pursued anything I wanted to do. I would have just gone and got a job or, or whatever the case was, because you think people, you Liked these little vlogs that I used to make or these dumb songs like no not at all I have like 600 videos on my youtube channel from before that are just daily vlogs of every day me talking about My cat or whatever or or we're going to the grocery store and like nobody cared and people would tell me that nobody cared and I was just like You know what? It's okay. I know that My real fans, you know all 12 of them are gonna enjoy this video. So it's fine and I didn't stop and then I started making reaction videos from like a producer's point of view, I'd listen to the newest hot song and I'd react to it, and those kind of started blowing up, and that uh, really helped me out a lot. So I think, yeah, like you said, you don't want to, unless you're on your deathbed, it's not too late, pretty much. You know what mm. I mean? Like People are like, oh, it's too late, man. I, I, Oh, well, I didn't make it. It's fine when they're 18. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like I just said, I've given myself 10 years and probably more than that. Like, to really judge if it's for me or it's not for me. Like, no matter what, I'm going to, I know, and I've been told by everybody, like, I'm going to be doing something with music for a long time. Even, even if I'm not putting stuff out under my name, like, I'm going to be involved in music heavily for probably my life.
0: And so then how would you kind of describe... Um your music and do you kind of always write songs in the same kind of genre?
1: No, I don't. I started off making hip-hop beats in my room and, you know, kind of just rapping and they weren't good at all. But the production's always been kind of there. It's not, it hasn't really fallen short, but just the vocals and the mixes and all that stuff has not been good. And there's even some good songs I've listened to that, like, when I wrote them, were they were pretty good songs but just the way my vocals were like were way too loud and it was just I was like singing soft because I was in my room by myself in the middle of the night and I was like right on the microphone and just the production wasn't good. But some of these songs um kind of stripping down, taking the writing out of it and putting it into a new song. So some of the stuff that you're gonna hear um on my next project is like old stuff but it's just kind of being revitalized. But I I love the acoustic vibe of kind of just the stripped down like guitar or piano or something. I think that's, um, that's why I put at the end of my EP. I have five tracks. The first three are very like pop punk and and very energetic. And that's my favorite type of music. That's um, what my album is going to be pretty primarily. Uh, But at the end, I put, I put two kind of acoustic songs just to bring the vibe back down. And I don't want to say showcase, but like let people know that I'm not, hiding behind instrumentals. Like I'm I'm I don't need mm. I, I don't I don't want to just hide my voice behind a bunch of things. Does that make sense? Because some people like overproduce their stuff and just auto tune everything like crazy and just want to sound perfect and for the radio and the last couple songs I was like I know these aren't gonna get on the radio but like I just want people to know that there's a a variety.
0: Where do you kind of get the inspiration for the music that you create?
1: That's a good question. It's, a lot of it is, is life experience and, and things I've gone through or things that people close to me have gone through. Like sometimes I write from a, a point of view where it sounds like it's from me, but it's really just the point of view of like my, well, you know, one of my best friends or something like that. Um, kind of writing for them, like letting, letting the song speak for them, but it could, it could be something. because think about I'm still 18. So like, I'm still going through that teenage heartbreak stuff all the time. And it's like, you want to write a song about it, and where some, while most people my age would just go drive around at night, and listen to a sad song, or rock out, or roll the windows down and just scream their song, I go and make those songs instead, and that's been very therapeutic. It could be something as dumb as just me seeing an Instagram post, and that is like, oh, okay, I'm just, I'm going to write a song about that, and I just go write a song about it, and it's. But I, I do it in a way where it's not too specific, like it's general enough where anybody can relate to it hopefully or anybody my age going through what i'm what i've experienced in life can kind of relate to the same thing um but it's the most random and that's why i like that's why i have a a home studio if i wake up or if i'm still well let's be honest i'm still up at three in the morning and i have an idea or i am just messing around producing something and i'm like oh i need to put this melody down right now or i'm gonna forget it go do it sit on it for a while and then go to the studio. So it comes in the most random times and people that want to work with me all the time are like, Hey, we got to go sit down sometime and just write a song. Like we got to start it. I'm like, no. Like, what do you mean? No. (laughs) I've never sat down and just written a song. Like I I don't do that. I don't just go take a walk and just write a whole song and then go figure the rest out. Like I'm, I want to do it again, the most practical way possible. I, I build the instrumental. Most of it, right? The vibe, I know what it's going to sound like. I build it up. I, I set the kind of the chorus, the verses, everything. The pockets are filled. And then I go in there for five minutes and just hum or say gibberish, you know, come up with a melody and then write the words to fill in the melody because, end of the day, it's more important to me, at least as a producer, what the song sounds like and what the melody is versus maybe the lyrics. Like, ideally, both. You want to have both. But you can't. I, I've I've always found it easier to find lyrics to fit the melody, than the melody for the exact lyrics with the exact same syllables that you want to say. Like that's just too much. That's, that's I don't want to do that because then you you get a bad song out
0: of that. Yeah, let's go back to the high school library and uh, recording some stuff uh, with your uh, two friends. So I believe that your debut single was called uh, Toad oh, Bamba. Oh, is that is that right? Oh
1: man yeah that's crazy yeah
0: yeah and and is it is my research correct that it peaked to 472 on the Brazilian top 500 on iTunes
1: that that is also true I have a plaque on my wall over there yeah (laughs) that that was crazy those are crazy days man
0: so that's super cool Cool. so (laughs) how did you come up with the idea along I guess obviously with your friends these two friends uh, for the song
1: Man, this is okay. It's, it's really embarrassing, but and the song blew up on TikTok, and that's like kind of what propelled it. Whoa, whoa, and that's what, Okay. And and I got like five thousand Instagram followers off of this song blowing up, and those people still follow me, and and I'm proud because now they can kind of see some evolution. But it was really embarrassing for a while. But again, I was in lockdown. Nobody had to see my face, luckily. But we, I'm looking at the plaque, and I can't believe this. This is, this is my life. It's crazy. But we. So me. My friend Derek and my friend Aaron, who I was actually on the phone with yesterday for the first time in like a year, which is crazy. But we came up, we just were, we, just, we didn't use our beat. We used like a Juice roll beat and we just sang in the microphone and freestyled about toes to to the melody of Mo Bamba. You know, have you ever heard the song Mo Bamba?
0: No, but I'm going to go listen and like figure out how
1: yeah, this it's, it's, it's like, it was, it's a, it's a, yeah it's a big song it's crazy so we kind of fused the melody of that with the instrumental juice world and changed the lyrics and it was literally just a parody and the mix was terrible and the eq settings were all bad and i was just like oh this sounds so good let's go and so i put it out and it was the first song that i ever put out and people listened to it and made fun of me about it and i was like no you guys are just jealous that you can't make good music like i can make good music and i just it gave me big and then also, it charting and it doing whatever it did on the internet didn't really help, because then I was like, well, I must be doing something right if people are listening to it, right? I'm not sure. Exactly. Not sure. I can't. And that came out March 13th, 2020. And so it's been literally like, what, a year and a half, maybe, which yeah. is crazy that that was the same me.
0: Talk to us about it. Like, did you do any marketing, for, like, for this song? Or did it take a, a kind of a natural call?
1: Well, it was a, it was kind of a slow burn. I wouldn't. It, it time kind of got sped up, but it didn't really start blowing up until like the summer, like June ish, and then it was all over. It was really getting on Facebook. It was people were posting and stuff, um, and it was really it was weird because adults would come up to me and be like, "I heard your song." And that's kind of all they said about it, though. They just told me that they had heard it. You know what I mean? There's a difference between, oh, I like your song. Like, I heard it. It sounds amazing. I saved it. Versus, um, I listened to the song you put out. And they kind of said it, like, in a questionable way. Like, making sure it was, it was me. And I was like, yeah, that was that was me. I put it out. But no, I didn't really market it. I, I made a couple of TikToks and whatever. And then started a little trend. And people, I don't even know if I remember the trend. But people just, just blew up in, like, a couple people made the videos and they got a lot of views and stuff and then people just wanted to go find the real song and i was like "Ah, i freaked out took it off all the platforms it's it's gone like i don't know you could probably find it because your research is good but most people probably can't find it (laughs) which is good
0: i'm gonna go dig it now. you've sent me a challenge yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely okay i mean Uh, i think i think that was that was essential for me because i just needed to to know okay this is the baseline like now i and also for my storyline, like, like we're having now the conversation, like, I think it's good to to not really care too much at first, like, you got to just do it just so you know that, okay, this isn't the best way to do it, like, there's better ways to do it, you know, because I know that even 10 years from now, even if my music I'm making now isn't the best thing in the world, like, at least it's not terrible, and it's, it's still digestible in 10 years, like, I'm not gonna hate myself for the, the EP I just put out, you know.
0: That's true, and you can always go back to Tobamba, to made in the high school library.
1: Absolutely, that's a that's I mean that's a story though, like that's, that's a that's a, live that's story. a good
0: story. Especially if you're playing trivia with the family in the ten years' time, it's like <laughs> you remember this first single that I dropped. Talk to us a little bit, kind of about what you've learned about the, uh, the music industry, kind of through releasing your own music and. And how that's going to help you sign other artists to your record label, TL Records.
1: What I've learned, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good question. Because it's it's hard, bro. Like, it's difficult to do all the steps yourself. And I don't encourage people to do it themselves unless they kind of, unless they know that they can. And that's why it takes me so long to put stuff out is because I'm doing it literally all myself not all myself i have an amazing team around me that helps me but i don't like to really i don't know i want it to be as much mine as it can like i don't want to have a bunch of writers come in a bunch of producers and do everything for me i'd rather take the time and because that's how you learn it's by doing everything yourself you know and and even the stuff that i'm ashamed of now that like i put out that sounded terrible for a year like I don't. I still don't feel bad about it though, in a way, because it was. It was still mine, and I still created it, and and I learned a lot from it. I've learned a lot from every song I've ever put out, and then went and deleted you know, a couple months later. Uh, but the music industry is brutal. Like, people are ruthless. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, like people don't really know about, and there's a lot of. Not all bad. Like, there's a lot of good stuff, and I made a lot of connections with like a lot of people that I used to look up to like I listen to them on the radio and now we just DM on Instagram. Like, it's really cool to kind of have that opportunity. And, and it's really, it's a small world for real. Like you'd be surprised. Everybody knows everybody in the music industry. Like a lot of people have mutual friends and it's, it's cool. And again, I could see myself doing this for my whole life because it's not like it's a little, a fad or something that I'm just now, Oh, I want to be a rock star, like 18, just like an impulse decision. Like this is, uh again like the culmination of my whole my whole life I've had this been the one constant really in my whole life is that I've always loved music now that I'm uh, you know of an of an age and a maturity level to know how to do it and put music out myself and have it you know be able to be performed and you know playing all over the place it's like really cool and I'm obviously gonna take the opportunity I'm not gonna turn it down Tell us,
0: everyone, a little bit about the EP that's just
1: dropped. Uh, just yeah, it came out on the 12th, so a little over two weeks ago. Um, it's my debut project. I've never put out uh, more than just singles before. Uh, I put out a song of the summer in July, and it was more of the hip-hop, like up, upbeat, uh, pop, rap kind of thing. And that did pretty well, and I, I enjoyed it. And I try not to focus just on how the song does. like. My favorite song on the EP has, I think, the fewest plays for now, and that's fine. That's totally fine, and I just—that's always I like the way it
0: goes, isn't it? Like,
1: yeah. But also, I've noticed that the fan favorites are becoming my favorites because I think because they like them. They're like, "Oh, it's my favorite." I'm like, "Oh, you know what? That is a good one. I, I like that one too." But no, this—I started this over the summer, about the same time this other single was coming out. Um, I had that in the bag for months, so I was already working on new stuff. And I was just, I was away for about a month and I had just, me and my friends, we were literally just all day, every day, living, having fun, being teenagers. I just got out of high school, so I was just living my life, you know? And I would, at 5 a.m., I would just go record music whenever I wanted to and it was awesome and I came up with some ideas and I went through some things over the summer that, that kind of gave me some inspiration to write songs and I made some mistakes. Did a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong over the summer, and I was like, I'm gonna make a little. E-. Initially, there were gonna be like six or seven songs, but after meeting and figuring out, we realized five was the smartest thing to do. Save the rest for my album, which I think I'm gonna put out next summer. Which I'm already working on, uh, which is exciting. But yeah, it's it's my first project, and so it's 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 called 18 Year Old Me, which I feel like is just a an accurate summation of of the subject matter of the of the EP, which kind of is sort of one storyline and it yeah it just shows where i'm at and i i think the reason i called it you know me and that it's a good thing is that you can't really critique it too much right like like in the name itself like I'm i'm an 18 year old and i just started making music about not even two years ago so this is where i'm at come back in a few years and it'll be even better but i yeah it's really exciting and i'm proud of it and not because i think it's the best music ever but I think it's, it's the best I've made and it's the, the work that I'm the most proud of.
0: So well, obviously, let's just touch on it for like a couple of minutes or so. How, how do you see magic playing into your, your future?
1: Again, I started, my magic started really picking up and I was doing like shows and parties and, and getting booked for gigs right about the same time as uh, Tobon, but well, and and the pandemic was starting though. So I so it was really unfortunate because that really got shut down because Magic is mm. very in person, big crowds kind of thing. That kind of got squashed, and for several months I tried to do it on Instagram, TikTok. It wasn't really working, so I kind of put Magic to the side for a while. Now I don't really do it as much. I have so many decks of cards though. I need to get rid of them. But um, <laughs> I think I think Magic, in the same way that uh, YouTube did, really, it's kind of something that gives you control over your life like there's so much that goes on in the world that we don't have control over especially like the pandemic and stuff and so to have something or a couple things if you're you know lucky like me to embrace to be like you know what this is my thing and this is going to be my own it's a big confidence boost again and really helped me with social skills and and how to talk to people and read people like doing magic uh, people don't realize I did this for several years I was doing magic and studying and knowing the right people is really helping me yeah like now I can read somebody and just their facial expressions or know somebody's telling the truth or lying or or how to you know do cool things it's it's very little anymore about the actual card tricks like it's the memories and even now when I go out in public like everywhere I go pretty much people don't say oh it's the musician like what's up like oh it's the magic man what's up magic man like around here (laughs) But they don't even know my name necessarily but like oh it's the magic kid what's up you got cards on you i always have cards on me so i'll do a little card trick and make their day but it's cool because then i'll get dms like hey bro i don't know if you remember me but we met at the mall and you did a card trick and like that was the coolest thing that anybody's done in a long time like it was and so that's just like really touching to me you know it's really that- cool because it, it, it's nothing to me like i'm just i already know the stuff why not share it with people but to to have a, an impact on somebody even a, a little way like that is really why I love magic.
0: So, so, so the the magics kind of you're doing it for fun at the moment, like, but but you also know the impact and the joy that it could potentially bring to somebody's day, and that's kind of not lost on you. Yeah, Absolutely, and and that's even kind of symbolic of how
1: music is, because the same things happen with music. Like, I don't really think too much sometimes if I'm just recording a quick song or doing a piano cover to put on YouTube. Like, it's okay, cool and because again it's it's literally in like in me at this point and it's just there's 18 years worth of experiences and musical knowledge and stuff is just ready to explode in the next few years i think like i could probably surprise people um but to get messages like that like yo your song like i'm going through a rough time like it's helped me out and like it describes me perfectly like thank you like that it just it means a lot and so i think that translates to magic a lot
0: what do you kind
1: of hope to be in, let's say, five years time? Five years, I, I don't want to still live here in Virginia, not because I don't like it. I, I love my family and I love everybody around here, but the city itself is kind of just boring. There's just not enough going on for me. Like I I need that kind of big city. So I want to be in a in a in a major city, uh, still making music, still putting out stuff, uh, getting more artists, you know, on board with me, helping people produce stuff kind of doing what I'm doing now, but just on a bigger scale. Yeah, I'm excited for, for what I'm going to do in the next five years, because I do, I do want to transcend music. I do want to do other things and get more into media, whether that's to a podcast, which I've done on and off for a while. I've done a couple of different shows and stuff, but or some radio stuff or whatever it is, like I want to, I want to have do what I'm doing now, but like full time, I'm not going to spend all day, every day in the studio. Cause I don't get burned out, but I, don't want to have hours of free time every day where I'm just like, oh, cool, we're just hanging out or just let's go to the mall. Like I want to, if, if I'm not going to go to college or go like get a regular job, I want to have uh, stuff to fill my day. So I want to, if I'm not doing anything for an hour, okay, time to go record a, a video or a podcast or do this. Like I want to you know, get a better, a better schedule.
0: And then, so finally, who's uh, what one person that you would like to see on the Tea with Mike podcast?
1: We're talking like big, like just any, just anyone. Yeah, it,
0: any, it could be anyone. It could be it could be someone, could someone you know. It could it could be it could somebody that you, I guess, you, you consider as a celebrity. It, it could be anything. You can answer it any way you want. I could help. I could help.
1: Okay, uh, there's a guy named Livingston. He's a he kind of is big on TikTok, and he makes really good music. He produces all the stuff in his bedroom. And I could put you on with him. I get you in contact with him if you want. He's pretty big. He's, I mean, he he blew up on TikTok. He's got a couple million followers, and he's like, he makes really good music, pretty much by himself. He got signed recently, and he's really That's dope. Awesome. And I look up to him. And I've been lucky enough to to get to know him. So he's really cool. I think you should definitely have him on sometime. He'll, he'll do it. I'm sure he'll do it. Yeah.
0: Left to be said is thank you uh, so much for taking some time out of your day and uh, being on the T with Mike show,
1: man. Of course, bro. Yeah. Thank you for having me for real. I had fun. Awesome.
0: All right, guys. This was another episode of the T with Mike show uh, with Maxwell uh, Lee Van. Uh, obviously, what a great story diving deep into how he got started in music. Uh, where he sees himself going uh, in the future and and everything in between. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Tea with Mike show, then obviously you know there's plenty more great stories uh, from people around the world at uh, teawithmike.com. It's the Tea with Mike show.